Welcome to Intersections, an Avondale Originals podcast. Bringing together the most intriguing people from entrepreneurs to explorers, we dive in to find their common intersections and provoke elevated conversations. Follow along as we discuss life, business, fast cars, and everything in between. In this episode of Intersections, Super Bowl champion, 2022 NFL Hall of Fame finalist and fitness entrepreneur DeMarcus Ware comes back for his second appearance on Intersections, this time sitting across from Academy Award-winning filmmaker and animator Brandon Oldenburg. The two meet up at Brandon's studio, Real FX in downtown Dallas, to discuss Mickey Mouse, Red Ranger, and DeMarcus and Brandon's pivotal roles in bringing their teams together to reach the pinnacle of their respective industries. The vehicles featured in this episode are the Mercedes-Benz GLE 53 Coupe and Porsche Cayenne Coupe, courtesy of Avondale Dealerships. Oh, it's cool? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I, I sit right here and I think about two different people with the same mindset. I'm just, I would say two creatives. I created sex. You create movies. You create books. And it's, it's just awesome now that we're sitting down and really diving into some of the things we love to do. Absolutely. Right. And it's, it's to me, it's a great opportunity because I'm coming off of the football field. Right. Into a realm where I enjoy. Yeah. The movies, I see the cameras, the lighting. But for you, this is comfortable. I would say comfortable and not, right? Right. I, uh, if you would have asked me when I was 16 years old if I'd be sitting across from a, you know, an amazing NFL player, Super Bowl winning yeah like i just that did not compute with me because at 16 years old i was around a lot of cameras right. i was making home movies i actually got out of doing pe in high school by filming the jv football games really that was my pe well, that was a great escape but that but i was separated up in the press box away from the players so i never really had a friend that was a football player or any sort of sports i was i was just a scrawny little nerdy kid and you know in the i mean to that point just like you just said the scrawny kid. I was a kid that I didn't want to play football. I didn't oh, want really? to play. I didn't know. I didn't want to play any sports. I actually would go across the tracks at Auburn University. I'm from Auburn, Alabama. Right. I would get the computers out of the trash. Really? And I would put them together. New West, that's when they had the DOS and the floppy disk. <laughs> yes. I would actually like program the computers. Oh, yeah. And I would sell them around town for 25 bucks. Wow, and you're hustling it, computers. Dude, I was hustling. Just like you was hustling, you was filming stuff at 16, getting out of your classes. I was doing the same thing, just in a different way. I, I, I wish I had thought to sell them. I was going through the garbage, <laughs> pulling out computers. I was right. taking them apart because I was right. really curious about like what the inside looked like. Right, right, But I had right. no idea. And programming uh, was not my thing either. I right. quickly learned that that was math and programming. I didn't have the brains for that yeah. either. And then, and then the thing is, like now... I'm working with augmented reality. Right. I'm working with VR stuff. And you are the guy that's been doing this all your life. I'm talking about enjoying it, creating. Right, and, the creative. Yeah, and like one thing that I saw is one thing about superpowers, Yeah. right? When I played, I was the Incredible Hulk when I played. I did the Hulk smash every single time. I hit the quarterback. But for you, you wrote books about people and their superpowers and how they actually change lives of other people right i feel this i'm talking i feel the same way about um how the powers that we have from the little inefficiencies that we had when we were smaller right now how they built to a big personality that now we can gravitate make ourselves feel second 
make somebody else feel first to create monumental change. It's like amazing, you know, right. just to talk about things like that. Yeah. You, well, I filmed everything from fourth grade all the way through high school and felt like I was living in my own movie because I was always living in my imagination yes, yes. with my friends and that the whole collaborative spirit of making and telling stories mm -hmm. uh, just became part of my DNA growing yeah. up. I, I loved movies. I would walk out of movies like Raiders Lost Ark and I'd tell my dad, like, I know what I want to do for the rest of my life. And he's like, archaeology? Like, <laughs> no. I know that people make this stuff and I want to figure out how to do that. Right. And what I learned quickly over time was um, when you tell stories and you do cinematic, do cinematic stories, it is not a, a solo effort. It's definitely a team project. Right. And I quickly had to learn coming out of art school that if you're really going to do this for real, you've got to learn to communicate with others. You right. got to be, you have to understand that you're a conductor of an orchestra. Right. And I always have a hard time. Like people always ask me like, and I'm sure you get the questions yeah. like, what's it like to win the Super Bowl? Right. What's it like to win an Oscar? And like, it's weird because it, for, for obviously you get to be up there with your team, right? Yeah. But to be one person to represent a production is, is not right. Right. Because there were hundreds of people that touched that project to get it done. However, only one person gets to go up on stage and talk about it and say thank you. And it just, it, that's, I wish we could fix that. Yeah. But more importantly, to your point, is like just to be able to achieve something that you've dreamt about your whole life mm -hmm. and to have really iconic, tangible goals as like a, not as an accomplishment, but as a, as a point of direction. Right. And, you know, what we do here, it's nice to have accolades to aim towards because it gives you some purpose. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, we tell stories and we want those stories to resonate with our audiences. Yeah. And you have to be in touch with the world to understand what people need to hear or what they may not know they need to hear and try to find the right story to tell and how to connect emotionally to people yeah. on a visceral level. And I've talked all over the map about things. I'm just kind of riffing, but, uh, but no, but I'm the thing is like, I mean, I mean, that, no, I mean, to, I mean, just to your point though, when I walked in here, I saw those tallies, right? Yeah, sure. To be honest with you, I don't know what they are. I know they, I know For they mean ads. something. Yeah. And then I saw the Emmys. Yeah. Like, for me, I look at it as um, those tallies are those footballs that I got for every single game. Like, sure. And then I look at the Emmy as my Super Bowl trophy. My Super Bowl trophy, but also my Super Bowl ring. Yeah. And, you know, just to go back to that point where you're talking about a team, I was a conductor too. Yeah. I, mean, I was a captain right. of the team. I was a captain for 12 years for the Dallas Cowboys and the Denver Broncos. And it's a solo act. You have a vision. Yes. And the people that you have on your team actually help lead you to where you need to be. But everybody benefits, but you're the one on the stage at the end of the day hoisting that Super Bowl trophy up, right. hosting that yeah. Emmy up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to that point of well, that's what we do want to change. Because if you really want to be effective in this world, as we talk about, right. yeah, there's a leader, yeah. there's a person that has a vision, but if you don't have that good supporting cast and good team yeah. that's um, pushing you, your vision is never going to come true. Right. You, you have to be goal motivated, yeah. not gold motivated. Right. Right. Yes. And it's, yeah, we're, 
we're blessed to be surrounded by really talented people. Yeah. Like we're standing on the shoulders of incredible talent. With what we do every day, it's it's a thrill to be in the position that I'm in. I'm sure like you to to see the amazing work that all of these other people do that that make us all look better. Yeah. Um, in the production pipeline of making an animated show, for example, when you start out, it looks ugly. I mean, you got some nasty drawings up on screen, but you get the story right. And then over time, it just gets prettier and prettier. And then right now, where we are in production on one of our projects, it's going through lighting. And we see these models that were poorly lit now be beautifully lit, and they match the paintings right. that we had originally done to envision this thing. And you're just, it's just astounding to see the talent of the people that you get to work with that I know I'm fortunate to work with. Right. But the strangest thing is right now, we're all doing it from home. Everybody's so doing not, it from home. We're not getting exchange, exchange high fives. Right. Or like, you know, good job on the video screen, you and that little box. You did great. You know, right. like, I, yeah, that's the irony right now. But uh, yes, I uh, feel very fortunate to have had a dream at such a young age for what I wanted to do yeah. and to still be doing it. Yeah, not everybody gets this gets to do that yeah and i know before we even came in here i mean just to not get too deep into things you drove in in a porsche right a gray porsche and i was like nah. nice taste i had a you know mercedes you know gle yeah and the weirdest thing was both of them were the same color yeah. they were the same color car i said first of all we walked in here like bosses right <laughs> Uh, doing what we do, yeah. driving a nice car, right, and and but having that, an opportunity to work with some amazing companies, right, right. like Avondale, to um, just help us. Uh, first of all, have some, you know, have this being able to meet, but also uh, this drive opportunity as well. is incredible to be yeah. able to just have this audience with you to talk. Yeah. Um, so thankful for them yeah. to make this happen. But more importantly, yeah, I think the the things that we have in our lives. Uh, whether we mean to choose them or not, can reflect who we are. Mm -hmm. And I like to look at people's shoes. I like to look at people's cars. All right. And I can kind of tell. I like to ask people what their favorite movie is. And by, by understanding those ingredients, it gives me an insight into who they are. Right. And the kind of person that they, they feel inside. Yeah, I mean, Texas has been good to us, man. I see where you are, see where I am. But one of the main things is us giving back. Um, oh, I mean, you were talking about Make-A-Wish earlier. And for me, I've done a lot of Make-A-Wishes. I know you've done the same yes. thing. And, what did you uh, do for Make-A-Wish? Um, it was actually um, a huge event here. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was at the Dallas Convention Center. Okay. And what we did, everybody in the ballroom sat down, and mm -hmm. one of the kids wanted um, Mickey Mouse mm -hmm. to come in. And so they actually brought in... <laughs> The official Mickey. The real official nice. Mickey. This is not like, you know, Mickey Mouse is like Uncle Sam. <laughs> want some local, gonna, they, he, uh, they're going to tax you. All right. Yeah. And so being yeah. able to also be a professional athlete. So they wanted to meet a Dallas Cowboy. Nice. I was one of their favorite, favorite athletes. So it was cool to see, you know, they didn't think I would be in the stands and like you're right there. Yeah. And them smiling and them just that little glimmer of happiness. Yeah. Just for that one moment, I mean, it'll probably propel them to do whatever they want to do. You know the first Dallas Cowboy I've ever met, and I've only met like two of my entire yeah, life. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, um, thanks. It was Harvey Martin. Gosh, he's a good dude, too. I was in, uh, I was like a kindergartner at that yeah. time. And uh, my birthday cake was a cowboy cake. Right. You know, it looked like the blank field. And it, he was at a, 
Montgomery Ward department store right. doing autographs. But yeah, when you're uh, that age and you've idolized yeah. somebody like that, yeah. and, and they are literally like superheroes yep. when you walk up to them. Yep. These, and there's something about them that made you gravitate to Oh, them, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's almost like the same thing why we're here now with Avondale. Like, yeah. give me give me the back end of your story. I'm gonna give you my story yes. on Avondale, okay. like how you got, how we got here. Okay. Give me your story, well, like how <laughs> they called you. Dude, I mean, we're talking about Make-A-Wish. I talked a little bit about my Make-A-Wish in Dallas. I mean, you gotta at least tell me, you know what happened with your deal. All right, well, we had two different boys that had two different visions. And yeah. it, it perfectly aligned with what we do. And so when you're able to align what you're good at with someone's need and wishes it's like a perfect marriage and so uh, we did two different make wishes recently one was one of them wanted to be a power ranger he wanted to be specifically the red ranger the red ranger is a beast he's number one guy right oh yeah all right so we had just finished working on a power ranger vr experience for the movie release (laughs) right so we already had it um, but we, then we customized it just for him so Mm -hmm. when you hear the audio once he put on the headset it was speaking directly to him and he became the red ranger in the experience oh, wow and so his his wheelchair evaporated he was the red ranger and by the time he was done and he took off the headset we actually had brought in the original power red ranger who was in the like, room with him in we the room. brought him gifts all these power ranger gifts so we just completely shocked him um it was it was magical. I get teary thinking about it now. But then, yeah, we another one we did where uh, a child wanted to come in and make a video game. And uh, the thing is, you never should underestimate a person's vision because yeah. he was the boss. He came in the room. We treated him just like a client. And by the end of the day, our whiteboards were covered with drawings of exactly what his levels needed to look like for his video game. And then a few months later, we Boom. delivered an iPad and the game was on it. Done. And uh, yeah, it's so special to be able to give back in, in a way that truly harnesses what your skills are. Right. And, and and that's why I feel like we're here right now because Avondale is doing the same thing. The company has gotten us here to first of all, so we can share our stories of how cool, freaking cool we are. But um, also, you know, with them being an amazing car company here in Dallas, right? I feel like not just a car company, but a company that changes lives because the characters of a car is actually like, someone's personality i mean we're here right now because first of all we are uncomfortable outside of the box you can't put us in a box because then you're just like everybody else right and one of the things that i always tell everybody's people they ask me what makes you different or why do you want to be different Mm -hmm. i want to be different because at the end of the day you stick out but also you grab the attention of people that you can actually change. If you look like everybody else, then eh, he's just like everybody else, but I wanna be like that guy. I wanna be like this woman. Yeah. That's why people gravitate to them because they're so different. Sure, and, and people reflect what they're inspired by, right? right? And I pull my inspiration from everywhere. Right. Um, and sometimes it's just a personality of a person, like, oh God, I just love how they're just so easy to talk to. I wish I could be more like that. Exactly. Um, I, I love the car they drive. Whatever it is, right. it, there's there's something that's that's deeper than that that reflects the personality of that person that, that's truly unique about them. Right. Uh, you were mentioning uh, Avondale yeah. and the car you drive, and specifically their cars. Uh, 
Tell me your story. Tell me your story. Tell me your story. As an artist, I, I look at I look at machinery different. Right. Any sort of hardware differently. Mm-hmm. And there was a time where I grew up in the 70s. Everything looked horrible. Right. It was just designed to be cheap. <laughs> But I, I would then go through these history books and I'd see these vehicles that were made in the 20s. Mm. Totally different. The Art different. Deco. We, we're back in the 20s Totally again, different, right? right. And there's the, the roaring 20s are happening all over. Mm. And you see this in all sorts of products. Right. And specifically cars. Yeah. There's a new golden age we're in where literally you're driving art. Yep. And as a sculptor and as an artist, again, like we're not just this one thing. You're not just an athlete right. and I'm not just an animator. We love to do all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And oh, what I love to do too is art and sculpture. And so I look at these vehicles with that eye in mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to drive a box. A unless square unless box. I'm just in a boxy kind of mood. Uh, maybe a box, like a box Sure. A box Chevy. I'd be like, I want, I want a <laughs> Cubist. I want a Picasso car today. Right. But yeah, no, uh, there, there is beauty in everything we can create. And if we're not putting that into it, then what are we making? Nothing. Yeah. And what, what, tell me a little bit of your story on, like, it's like how we got here. Tell, tell me your story of how you got here. Like how, where we are right now. I'm in your, I'm in your spot. So you, <laughs> you have to you, tell me some are, stories right now. Turf. I'm like, in your, I'm I know in your, your spot. turf is like, yeah. I watch it every Sunday. Exactly. Um, we're here because there's a lot of people that are, are very talented, right. that love art and love bringing their drawings to life. Mm-hmm. But we're also here because of the dreamers, um, those who are audacious enough to think that something like this could happen in Texas. Right. Um, I was inspired by Walt Disney, mm-hmm. um, Steven Spielberg, yep. uh, people from Jim Henson to David Bowie, I, all these people who have, they were visionaries. Right. And so growing up in the 80s was... Uh, an important time for me mm-hmm. but to think as a little kid in the suburbs of dallas fort worth i, I like to, to this the thought is so ridiculous like we could build our own animation studio in texas <laughs> right i mean hollywood's been there for a hundred years plus right. building this amazing machine who are you over here in dallas in thinking texas. you could even dare to compete with that right so that i think it's the maverick spirit mm-hmm. that's just in the blood of being a, a native but more importantly, uh, to be patient and persistent with the crazy dream. Right. And to be surrounded by people who encourage you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so important to be surrounded by people that elevate your wishes and dreams. Right. And also speak truth. And there was never a moment where the dream seemed completely unrealistic where someone said, you can't do that. But I love I love it when someone says you can't do it. Right. Just, all that lights a fire. And, that, and, that, and that's the same thing for me. Um, and that's the reason why, you know, with me, I've created so much change from team to team, yeah. you know, playing sports, being a captain in so many years and creating change. And 90 guys that would come in every single year, nominate me as a captain, but then lead them to either winning a championship or changing their lives. That like that's one of the most pinnacle things of anything is changing someone else's life by the superpower that you have, whatever that is. Right. And just from, I mean, when I leave here, I'm going to have so much knowledge from, first of all, from you, but also being connected, you know, through a company like Avondale, because both of us love freaking cars. I mean, guys love cars. We love cars. We think about even the cars that they have is art. 
Yeah. I mean, from Bugattis, you know, whatever kind of car there are. I mean, you just drove up in a Porsche, which is really nice. Porsche. Let me get that right. Yeah, get that right. You're right. We got to get those words right. You know, Mercedes, not a Benz. Mercedes, not a Benz. We can't say that. (laughs) And we drove up in this, in two awesome cars that connected us to the point to where now we're talking about our careers. We're talking about things that we enjoy. Right. And they've enabled a conversation that would not have happened. Right. I, I don't know if I would have ever run into you. But, Probably never. But. <laughs> but the thing about but this commonalities. Is, this has now. enabled this over, right. amazing conversation to happen. Yeah. Where we're now realizing we have more in common than we, than we don't. Right. Um, and so I'm very fortunate. I feel very fortunate to have, yes. to have had this conversation. Yeah. And I tell you what. I mean, just to that point. I know we've been talking this whole yeah. time. Yeah. I'm one of those people that like to get up and move. You got to show me around this place, would, man. You got to show me around some of this cool stuff. I can continue the story of how the heck this place exists. Yeah. Um, But yeah, this we're walking in my dream, um, and it's um, it. it, I have to pinch myself because this is real. That's what it's about. Real life. That's what it's about. (laughs) That's what it's about. Yeah. I wanted to also say that back to your point about working with teams. Right. Something that I did not think I would be doing when I was in art school and dreaming about maybe having an animation studio. I didn't think about the team component. Right. That's something that we had to learn over time. And it was a painful learning process outside of college to truly understand what teamwork was about. And when we pulled the troops together to make an animated short film, we said, I said this and I, I don't know why, but I said, we got to visualize the Academy Award on the shelf right here. We had an empty shelf. Right. Let's just visualize it right there. Right. Because that's what the whole point of making the short is, outside of telling a great story and connecting emotionally with our audience. We're going to work towards that goal. And I would imagine, I mean, that's what you're doing with your teams, right? Do Dude. you say, like, the whole point of this is to win a trophy? Or do you, what, like, what is... You, you, you know the thing how is do you like focus your site. I, I t- I'll take you to the Super Bowl year with the Denver Broncos. That year, we were we had a motto. It was iron sharpens iron, and another man sharpens another. Right, and that motto was that the mantra we had the whole year. The sixth, seventh game, Peyton gets hurt. Meaning he, I mean Peyton Manning is I mean Hall of Famer, just made the Hall of Fame. You know, last year he gets hurt. A couple of weeks later. I herniated my disc in my back. I'm hurt. So the captain on the offense and the captain on the defense were off the field. But I don't know how they did it, but I know us being there was a big factor in it. They won game after game after game. And right at the end of the season, all of a sudden, I was able to play about four games. Peyton was able to play four games. Long story short, short, we make the Super Bowl. And... We knew that it was Peyton Manning's last game of his career. And so he got up there and spoke. I mean, everybody was like in tears because (laughs) nobody in that room have made the Super Bowl. And I remember I asked Elway, before we left Denver, we went to San Francisco, Levi Stadium and played there and stayed there and practiced. So I said, hey, can you bring the Super Bowl trophy to Levi Stadium? The one that the Denver Broncos have already won. And he was like, sure. So, like, right before I got up there and spoke, I was the second guy. Mm-hmm. I saw all the security in there because this this is a Super Bowl trophy. You don't travel with a Super Bowl trophy. You know, <laughs> if it gets lost, it's over. It, 
and it's not the Stanley Cup, you know, it doesn't end up at the bottom of someone's swimming pool. Right, right. And so they, I had, I had it in my backpack, and so they brought it up to the front of the room, mm-hmm. and I was sitting up there quiet in front of the, in front of the room, and I opened up the backpack, unzipped it, and I pulled the Super Bowl trophy out, and I stuck it on the table, mm-hmm. and all the guys were, they already were tearing up, but they were like, <gasps> yeah. I mean, their eyes You've been dreaming about looking, your whole life. Like and they, they saw it. Yeah. I said, I tell you what, guys. Our model this whole season's been iron sharpens iron and another man sharpens another. All the ups and downs that we've had this season was molded to make this trophy. Right. Right. And I said, the Carolina Panthers are trying to come in here and steal our trophy. Like the guys were like zoned out. I'm talking about they were like beeline looking at the trophy, talk, you yeah. know, just really focused. Yeah. And I said, before we leave here, mm-hmm. I want everybody to touch that trophy. Just like you said, I want for you to think about that Emmy being up there or that award being mm-hmm. up there on top of that counter. Yeah. I want you to touch it. Mm-hmm. They went through and every single guy touched that trophy. Yeah. And it was dead silence until the football game. In the locker room, there's usually guys, you know, playing a lot of music, just rambunctious, yeah, and, you know, yeah, stretching. Yeah. Everybody was totally quiet, like really focused. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we got out there, we ended up winning the game. Of course. But I knew um, how important it was, that speech. Right. That was like your time. When yeah. you were that leader, that was your time to lead people to go either make that awesome animation, this awesome simulator, this awesome movie, whatever that is, we let them to do that. Yeah. And, uh, and we don't end, have those locker room conversations. I wish we did. No. I, see, no. I, I You're so eloquent in speaking. Hey, it's thanks, like thanks. You're, you're preaching. Like, thanks. I wish I could do these locker room conversations with our Dude, teams. Dude, yeah, listen, you got 90 projects. guys in front of you, believe me. I, they I'm know if you're the lying. I'm the soundtrack to Friday Night Lights right now. They you know talk. if you're lying. They know <laughs> if you're lying. And I said, I'm not going to touch the trophy because usually right at the end of the game, everybody's hoisting a trophy up, fingerprints yeah. all. And I said, ah, I'm just going to wait until I get to my locker. Fingerprints, yeah. I, walk, I walked into the locker room, and the Super Bowl trophy was right there mm-hmm. in my locker. And I thought to myself, man. And, like, nobody was in there. Yeah. It was totally quiet. So I grabbed the trophy, and, like, I just started crying, man. Because, I mean, think about it, 12 years Right. Of playing this sport and you only right. won the trophy one time. Right. And I held it and I felt somebody tap me on my shoulder. It was Peyton. And there was the two captains what? that led us to win this game. That went through a lot of hardships. That went through a lot there. of hardships, man. Yeah. It was it was I mean, the coolest yeah. thing. I've had one of those. That's not You fun. know what I'm saying? It it's no. It's real. It's yes, real. it is. It's real. I, I had a moment with my trophy. Yeah. And uh Again, I say my, it's the teams, but there's only one. And it was the night following the event of being handed it on stage. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had to fly to London that next morning. I don't know why we planned a trip to London for business. Like, because you're up all night at this Vanity Fair party. Anyway, delirious getting to London. And I put it beside the bed in my hotel room in London. And literally you wake up, I woke up, I didn't know where I was. I didn't know I was in another country. But I look at the looked at the trophy, and then it was on the end, side of the bed. I'm like, right. "Did I just wake up from a dream?" No, I didn't. It's right there. Right. And so that's when people ask, like, "Where's your trophy?" Most of the time, I've had it beside the bed because it reminds me, like, I'm not dreaming this. 
this, this you work hard for it. Like, yes. And that trophy is covered with scratches and fingerprints because when we got back to the city, we had made this film in. We wanted everybody in the town to revel in the joy of it. I don't know if you returned home to your oh, same. small town with like same. a Same, we went everywhere. Jimmy Fallon, uh, Ellen, like it was the whole spiel. Yeah, and so, you know, a lot of people think it's kind of taboo. You don't want to touch it, but like, no, it's important no, it's to touch real. this. And, yeah. and, it, and it's fun to share it with people because like, it's like, yeah, I'm some kid from the suburbs of Fort Worth that had a crazy dream to make animated stuff, and this happened. Right. You can too. Right, right. Yeah. I think that's that's the amazing thing, though. Again, you make a statement, and the people that help you make that statement, their legacy lives forever. That Super Bowl Fifty, everybody on that team that helped, their legacy lives it's forever. A good number too, by the way. Yes, it is fifty. Yeah, that is that is. I'm I'm not that you close to it, but I'm getting up there. I'm getting up there though. A little gray hair, but I you know I shave it every day, so. What what else you guys need? I was going to say, talk about the uh, your sculptures that are. Oh yeah, I would love you. So you showed. Me, all right. All right. Okay. What okay. you got? Okay. What you got? What you got? You show me your app. Okay. I would like to show you. It's something that actually isn't in this building. Okay. But it was something that happened because of this building. Okay. Because of what we do. Um, long story short, there was an opportunity to uh, bring a new landmark to our city. Okay. And. And that's how we thought of it. It was almost like a competition. It was call out to artists. Hey, we have this new train station. We need some art, public art in this location. Mm -hmm. And it was at the time in a relatively desolate area of Deep Ellum. Right. And if you've been living here for oh, 15 yeah. years, you've seen Deep Ellum go through some changes. I know exactly where you're going. Okay. I know exactly All right, where so you're going. This was a somewhat a desolate area. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I pulled in the team of right. artists and we brainstormed over some pizza that I brought in. Like, what would be a really cool thing sculpturally yeah. that we could put right here that would be iconic, right. that would be a magnet, that would draw people to a somewhat desolate area and be something you'd want to have your picture made with? Mm -hmm. um, like something that maybe you would see when they cut to a commercial after a football game. And all these crazy things we said out loud and all of those things have happened. Right. We said, wouldn't it be cool to make a giant robot? Right. We said, wouldn't it be cool if you would see it during like a little Geico sponsorship before <laughs> and after a Super Bowl interstitial? Mm -hmm. We said, wouldn't it be cool if people want to have their pictures made like with their with their husbands and wives or brides and grooms? And uh, wouldn't it be cool if it just helped change the neighborhood? And now, 10 years later, it's still there. Yeah. I would love to go show you this sculptural series that we did. Yes. Um, and it. As animators and as storytellers, there is a story to this, but you wouldn't normally think we would make actual gigantic metal sculptures, but but we did. Right. It was an opportunity. Listen, I'm I'm want to go and see it. Let's I go think, check it out. I think we're talking about the same thing, and I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you know when we get in there. <laughs> I'm gonna let you know if we're talking about the same thing. All right. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Intersections, an Avondale Originals podcast for elevated conversations. If you'd like to see more from our guests and the cars featured in this episode, check out the video series on Avondale Dealership's YouTube channel. Questions, comments, or suggestions for future guests? Email us at intersections at avondale.com. Want to check out the cars from this episode and more? Visit Avondale Dealerships at avondale.com to browse our collection of luxury cars. Until the next time!